You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Hey, why can't I see your face, Mickey? Uh, you've got your, you. you've got some kind of weird like turtleneck shirt pulled up I, over your face. First of all, like why are you wearing a shirt like that? Secondly, why is it pulled over your face? I can't hear you. I'm protesting the sexualization of blogging heads, Bob. <laughs> Shit. Is this a the, scandal the I missed? constant innuendos in the comments section. I'm just sick of it. I'm now going to take it to the next level. We're not, we're, we're not even going to show my face. Sorry. Is this so a, gen- is this a genderless version of Mickey? I've unfortunately also lost the audio in the process of doing so- this. <laughs> So you, Mickey can't hear what I'm saying now. His prop kind of backfired on him. Uh, now I can hear you. Now you can hear me. Okay, so is this like a genderless version of Mickey? I don't know if it's genderless, but it's asexual. It sure is. Uh, it's, you know, it's the opposite of Kristen Cinema, who is all sexes. This is no sex. Wait, Kristen is all sexes? I missed that. Is she? She she always shows a lot of skin, you know. So and she's also bisexual. So oh oh oh, I didn't know that. Is, is she bisexual? We should have she's her on the show. Bisexual triathlete. I see. There's so much I don't know. That's why I keep having these conversations with you. But Mickey, like, what comment offended you? What are you talking about? What happened? Uh, you Let's, know that. I know what you mean by performative. You know, you don't have to. I wasn't born yesterday. Did somebody call you performative? What are you talking about? It's a joke, Bob. Also, did you get a haircut? Yes. Anyway. Huh. By the way, last week when you said that I had a man bun, as, as some commenter astutely pointed out, it's actually an incipient ponytail. It's not a man bun. Man bun is like up here. You didn't get a haircut? No, I didn't get a haircut. So you still have the man bun? Maybe. Maybe not. So Maybe it's I, an incipient pony. I tale. think uh, there is an interesting book in the back in your bookshelf, Bob. I think you should take a look at should it. Should I turn around, Mickey? Okay, <laughs> let me oblige you and do that. Um. Anyway, now I'm stuck wearing this fucking turtleneck the whole thing time. Oh, so why do you own a turtleneck? I haven't seen a turtleneck since Carl Sagan. There was a reason. I forget why. Billions and billions of turtlenecks uh, you know, not being worn was, by anyone. It was maybe on sale or something. I don't know. Because it uh, looks good. I want to look like Carl Sagan. If I look like Carl Sagan, it would be a step up. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you look more like Carl Sagan than you did before. But <laughs> so, but um, wait, I still don't understand what we're doing here. You're, you, did somebody make a comment that offended you? you you're, you're unaware of the Olympics, the German gymnastic team yeah competing it, it, in is there an olympics is there an olympics going on yeah okay okay no, I'm not, I'm but, but seriously i'm not I, i'm not people. up on the german on the german team thing i've been i've been immersed in simone biles and things well what's going oh, on I in the germany ignored simone biles well well we'll compare notes the, no the, I, the, a week ago the german gymnastic team competed in full body unitards oh. because they were against the sexualization of gymnastics Oh, well, you and, know, there's also a volleyball version of this where the, where women are refusing to, they are mandated. Bikini bottoms are mandated by the powers that be in volleyball. Now, I'm not sure if this is Olympics we're talking only about. Only in beach volleyball. In Bob. beach volleyball. 
but still, that's that's sexist. I think and it's stupid, and I think it, I think I think gymnastics are way too sexualized, as is ice skating in the Winter Olympics. Uh, it's all it, 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 is it a sport or is it just something to entertain horny old men sitting around the TV? Um, Good question. Gymnastics is clearly a sport, so let's do it. Uh, let's let's go with the unitards. Well, what they have in common, though, is that the 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 results are dependent on the judgments of judges. Yeah, and that's an odd thing. I mean, there are always referees, but in principle, referees are just you know uh, right. we, enforcing right. the rules. Right, I agree. I, I, I don't, it's a I don't weird like thing. For that. And now here's a question. Are we returning to remember the Cold War? You and I, not to get into the specifics of our age, but we remember Cold War Olympics, right? And there would be these things like, you know, they'd say, well, four of the six judges are from Soviet bloc countries, and that's why blah, blah, blah happened. And I'm still scarred by the memory of the, I think, 1972 basketball finals between the U.S. That was and the Soviet unbelievable. Union. That, was, yeah. that a, was that a Soviet ref? That was like the worst call ever. Anyway. I forget. Anyway, uh, are we getting a little bit of that vibe? I mean, let's face it. We're looking at the medals totals and we're going, oh, China's up today. Right. And by the way, China I, is up today in terms of gold. I don't I don't get that vibe, but I'm not really paying attention. I noticed that they they beat our swim team uh, in the women's whatever, whatever relay race. So that seemed ominous. But um, even Katie, Katie Ledecky couldn't make up the gap. But um so that was, but no, I'm, I'm in general, I'm antagonistic toward China. And I think that is sort of emerging, <laughs> but better channel through the Olympics than elsewhere. Right. That's your philosophy. That is my view. Uh, there was a, an, an op-ed in the New York times asking whether a right-minded person should even participate in the watching of the Olympics. There are so many objectionable uh, things about it, but I do think the overarching principle here is all the nations of the world getting together, competing on peaceful terms and well, showing that and, this is possible. And there's this trend, which I laud, which is um, people like the patriotic teams that sing their national anthems with pride, like the Italian soccer team, not in the Olympics, but uh, uh, and like the Fijian rugby team. Oh, the, oh they were into it. Uh, that was serious. That's something we don't do anymore. And I admire the countries that do it. Do you have I'm your flag right now, there? Bob. Do you have what? your flag right there? No. My flag, I did put a flag out on the 4th of July, though. I know. And That's why There I were asked. more on my block. There were like three on my block. It's a trend. Um, so, uh, anyway. Can, uh, can I say one more thing about yeah. Simone Biles? Uh, I have I just, no take on Simone Biles. Well, that's what's unusual. It's the unusualness of that that's the story. I, it just seems like so many people do, and it kind of – I mean, you tell me. Didn't it seem to get partly tribalized along red-blue lines, the reaction? I don't know. There was a um, – what, the right wing said she choked and the left wing Initially, said – Initially, well, or that she didn't take a hit for the team. Like, she's so concerned about her own – about getting injured that she's not willing to take a risk for the team. That was, uh, I think, Eric Erickson's initial take. He walked it back. But – uh you know, was, I just find it amazing that anybody feels fit to pass judgment on the situation, I, given how did, far we all are from being able to understand what it's like to be her. I didn't follow it, and 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 there was a counter movement on on in my area of Twitter not to have a take on it. So uh, I did. I participated in that. But was was she solely concerned about physical injury, or was there a mental component too? Well, there's a mental component. 
And I, and I think that's, see, I think it could have been like kind of a, like a unifying narrative in the sense of it could have been a lens through which we examine just the human predicament, human nature, issues that are common to all of us, anxiety and, and fear and, and, um, so on. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, well, that, Anxiety and fear is just is just choking. If, you know, I mean, I don't know. It seems they, the, gymnastics yeah. is brutal, and I know I know somebody whose daughter was a very good gymnast, and so they were recruiting her to suck her into the gymnastics machine, and it was just too brutal. He he pulled her immediately. No, oh, there are inten- uh, there tend to be intense relationships with the coaches, of course. Simone Biles and a number of other gymnasts were subject to the uh, you know the the abuses of that doctor. Um, but the uh, also that, another thing is just like in the modern age, it seems to me there's a kind of pressure that is brought to bear on some of these people that didn't used to be technologically possible. I mean, just with social media and everything. I mean, just take texting like, like every once in a while I'll hear, you know, like a golfer or something say, yeah, my friends were texting me last night, wishing me well, well, if you're Simone Biles and it's already getting to be a little intense, and you're getting a bunch of texts saying we're counting on you, whatever the hell they're saying. That that's just a a form I can't of interaction. She reads her texts. Well, I uh, don't know. Different athletes, performs. I'm sure, handle it differently. And and if she, uh, I would you know advise. But but there clearly are athletes who personally stay engaged in social media. Just to look, just the fact that 30 years ago, a famous athlete couldn't go to the mall without being recognized. Fine. Today, a famous athlete can't go to the mall without suddenly uh, people all over the world knowing at that moment that they're at that mall. That's just like a different thing. Yeah, I mean, no. everything is more intense. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I don't know. I'm I, I have no opi- I have no I have no opinion on this. Uh, it does seem it does seem weird to go that far and to. At the last minute, suddenly it becomes okay. But but let me let me just say one more thing. Some of the greatest athletes have been subject to the the comparable psychological afflictions of their sport. Tiger Woods even had a case of the yips with his chipping, which is just totally psychological thing. Where suddenly you're 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 chipping like I chip. It's like embarrassing. But he didn't stop competing. Yeah, right. That's because he can't get injured by screwing up. She is like in the in midair doing shit no human has ever done, and uh, and uh, that's a totally different place to be Good than point. standing on the edge of a green with a golf club. Good point. And 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 who knows what kind of demons get in your head at that point once you start imagining see, the injuries and stuff. I concede your point. See, Thank we've, you. we've come together. That's what I mean. Simone, Bol- Simone Biles should have been a unifying, a unifying can, thing. For can me. you then admit? That I was right last week. Uh, no, no, I'm afraid that I'm afraid that won't be possible, Mickey. Highlighting the highlighting the that study out of Holland about how the vaccinated were being infected and were capable of transmitting the virus. Uh, if you read John Ellis's news items, you had it a week before the Washington Post, and I don't want to get any shit about th- this subject from you today. Did I poo-poo that? No. Oh, just well, if I had, I I would be apologizing abjectly right now. Damn it! Because today, <laughs> you it? I don't know. You you were you were you you were skeptical. Because now now the CDC is saying yes that uh, vaccinated people can pretty readily transmit Delta. Well, we 
have they said readily? Because that was one of the remaining. Well, issues. they certainly said it's they're, they're more likely uh, vehicles of transmission than had been thought. There, uh, it, it's a there, little unclear what their database is. I think today they were going to make. They some, were supposed to release the data conveniently some, today on a Friday. Some big reveal. Uh, uh, the um, th- there was a very good article by your friend Joel Achenbach, the world's greatest banter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, very uh, one of the better articles in the mainstream press in the Washington Post. When was it? It was like two days ago. It quoted one. It, well, there are like four bylines, but it, it, it quoted uh, a doctor saying she wasn't convinced it would be readily transmissible. You get a lot of virus in your nose, but is right. that what transmits it, or is the virus in your lungs what transmits it? Mm. It's not clear. There's a lot of virus in your lungs if you're vaccinated. That's how it protects you. Oh, it sort of draws a line between the nose and the lung. So, wow. I, I thought that was an open question. But maybe they've resolved it. Well, no, okay. I, no, I, I'm, 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 I, I withdraw any they, claim, uh, suggestion they, of the contrary. I, I don't know. Uh, that's interesting if they're saying it's more in the nose. It's all from this party in Provincetown. I knew Andrew Sullivan was at the bottom of this. Actually, he did recently have a birthday party uh, in Provincetown, but I don't think this was it. He has a forthcoming book party uh, in Provincetown, which I was invited oh, to. Bob, oh, maybe how about that's you? it. Maybe that's it. I was invited to something. It, it, and yeah, I, and it, I, it, it, I was going to go. I go to any party, but it, it has all the makings <laughs> of a super spreader event at the moment. Uh, this so, is the yeah. thing people don't know about you. You would literally fly across the country or drive across the country to go to a party. You no. would. You you have done that. Oh, I, yeah. If it's a good enough party, sure. Well, you'd, but, do uh, it, you'd probably do it for this one if it weren't for the pandemic. I I, I may still... I may still that, drive across the country because I like driving across the country. Uh, that's wh- but that's um, what I mean. It wouldn't just be for this party. But anyway, I don't think I don't think I would go to this party anyway. Because much as I respect Andrew and uh, and am friendly with him, uh, he's he's uh, I just don't know. Like a four hour party in Provincetown in the current circumstances where I want to be, you know. Because of the pandemic, yeah. But anyway, right. I would otherwise I, I would I would I would show up and astound him that I actually showed up. Yes, <laughs> probably. Also, um, there have been shark sightings and actual attacks off no, the. I'm not too worried about the shark sea. sightings. Can I say uh, one but, more thing about COVID? Well, I have I have I have I haven't okay. given my basic rap about COVID yet. Okay, give your rap, and then I'll give my rap. My rap is that the left is is determined to blame the stupid Trumpers who are unvaccinated. And and have that be the frame with which you see the the pandemic. And while there's some truth to it, it's also true that the unvaccinated also include a lot of African-Americans. They include a lot of teachers who've pressured the teachers unions to exempt them from the vax rules. They include, uh, you know, illegal immigrants flooding across the southern border who are not subject to any of these rules. But also, and, and it disrupted that frame that, that the vax wasn't all it was thought to be. Uh, but the new, their new argument is, uh, well, if they weren't any unvaxxed, it would be no problem at all. And I'm not sure that that's what the New York Times, so Apuro Mandavili said in the, on the front page, I believe, of the New York Times. And I'm just not sure that true, that's true. Mickey's nightmare scenario, which may be bogus, is, uh, this thing, uh, exists in the vaxxed, okay? And it, uh, and it can be transmitted. Among the vax. So if there are only vax people in the world, they would still be transmitting this virus. They wouldn't be dying. They wouldn't be hospitalized that, that much. Although I think there's some hospitalizations. Um, 
Uh, but it would be there. It would be present. It would be like a background virus. And all the while it would be mutating. And if you read Joel Achenbach's – hang on. If you read Joel Achenbach's piece, this Delta virus does not have the key mutation which terrifies people, which is the vir- vaccine-evading mutation. Right. Its only strength is it's got a lot of viral load and it just sort of swamps your antibodies, but it doesn't evade the vaccine. So if it's mutating there, you know, un, you know, from vax person to vax person, maybe it will develop this variant. And then, then we're in the soup because not only does it spread like chickenpox, but it evades the vaccine. So th- that's a good reason to, to, to say that the problem doesn't end if everybody gets back. Uh, I would make almost the opposite argument. And in fact, we, Connor Eccles and I made the opposite argument in the uh, non-zero newsletter uh, that came out today. And there's actually an Achenbach connection. I was emailing with him uh, earlier this week and he, he sent me an email saying like, uh, should I, is it too obvious that the pandemic is a global problem? you know, uh, that we have to treat it as a global problem. And and first I said, yes. And then I emailed him again and said, but on the other hand, the Delta, I, I said, yes, it, it, you know, it's, it crosses borders, blah, blah, blah. But then I emailed him again and said, but the Delta variant is a good occasion to get people's attention and deliver the sermon. And here's the form I think the sermon uh, rightly takes, which is that the more unvaccinated people there are, and the more people through whom the virus is spreading, the more likely mutations are. It's just straight math. If if India had been a heavily vaccinated uh, place uh, as of uh, whatever, six, six, eight months ago, which wasn't admitted, admittedly, that wasn't in the cards. I mean, people were just beginning to get vaccinated um, anyway. But the point is. Uh, if fewer people in India had had the older version, uh, older versions of the virus, then the mutation that led to Delta would have been much less likely. The, the fundamental determinant of how likely a new mutant is to arise is, you know, how many people is the virus spreading through? And, you know, how often is the virus itself replicating? And so, yes, the more people, uh, who are, who are vaxxed, uh, today, uh, with, with a vaccine that resists the, 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 the variant of the day, the less likely you are to see future variants, but including assume, those that may evade the vaccine. But you assume that the variants, that the virus doesn't spread among the unvaccinated and the variants don't develop in that spread, which I don't think is necessarily we know yet. Wait, no. If I, all I'm, of India was vaccinated and the, and the virus was still spreading among the vaccinated and still mutating, your theory doesn't hold yeah, but up. That wasn't happening with the pre-Delta version. Yeah, but now point. we have Delta. Yeah, right. But but I'm so asking, why do we have Delta to Delta. begin with? I'm asking, why do we have Delta to begin with? Well, you, and, you, you, and, no and way similarly, you're instantly. Va- I agree with you. We should vaccinate the world. But there's no it's sort of hopeless to think we're going to instantly vaccinate the world every time a new virus comes up. Well, well, that. That may be, but I'm just establishing the principle that the United States needs to uh, think seriously about helping the world get vaccinated faster. It, it the more the more people who are vaccinated against the prevailing strain, the less likely the evolution of mutant strains that will evade the current 
vaccine. That's a general principle. And uh, as unless somebody can correct me now, now Brett Weinstein was trying to make some argument I didn't understand kind of to the contrary, but um, but I think that's uh, the conventional view. And I, th- I think it's right. And, and I just want to say Biden has not tried. Okay. Biden has not tried. He has made, you know, he has the power to limit the intellectual property uh, uh, privileges enjoyed by American corporations, which is both Pfizer and Moderna. And by the way, the Moderna vaccine depends on intellectual property that the government owns or, or you know, right. and and he's just not doing that. It can be done in a way that preserves enough profit for the company so that so that the 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 uh, incentive to innovate persists. But well, you get a lot more poor com- countries. What about us? What about us sitting on millions of doses of vax that are about to expire? Uh, no, it seems it seems like too. it seems like the left has a very good point that there should be a crash program to to get as much of that uh, as much of that vax as we can safely export abroad. But obviously, yeah. that doesn't solve the problem. Um, we we did give a million doses to Tunisia, the proverbial drop in the bucket. Um, the uh, but my question is for you is uh, I'm for this I'm for an international regime that vaccinates everybody immediately. How long do you think you know? So we we have we're in a very poor country. Let's say we're in in uh, I don't know some poor African country, Nigeria maybe or something. Uh, probably one of the richer African countries, but poor relative to us. And uh, and the only gleaming facility is the one that dispenses the vaccine. And and the Nigerians begin to think. Gee, you first worlders, you only care about us when we have something that will threaten you, like we're potential reservoirs of disease. And that plus the paranoia about what the vaccine does to you, which certainly could flourish in a third world country, will lead to a huge resistance movement against the vaccine. Um, The The imperialistic white man is imposing his deadly vaccine on our healthy third world bodies doesn't seem that likely to me but if it happens then they sell the vaccines made in that factory somewhere else i mean it doesn't seem likely to me seems seems like a lock you think for sure is it happening anywhere shouldn't it happen there what you mean it's happening in red america in america there are people and not just in red america who think the vaccine is bad for you. Uh, that seems to me to have different psychological roots. I mean, uh, you know, another thing is just paranoia. Isn't this, isn't this an obvious possible PR coup for, 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 for Biden? Like you have a big virtual summit and you announce these things, you're, some meaningful IP things you're doing, and you get some billionaires online who say, yeah, they will subsidize this. So combined with the IP revisions, it'll mean it's super cheap in these various places. And you're going to build these factories here and here and here. And so the narrative is China starts the pandemic. America ends it. Doesn't that have political appeal? I'm, it does. But I assume that Biden is uh, following the dictum, uh, secure your own oxygen mask before you help others. He 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 thinks. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know why, he, why he's doing what he's doing. He thinks maybe it is bad PR to start worrying about the world before we've solved the problem for Americans. And uh, but the it, whole it's point this completely it, it of course completely contradicts his stand on immigration, which is we're going to spend vast amounts on uh, nation building in Central America and tackling the root causes while we 
ignore the problem in America. But uh, I, I never said he was consistent. But I'm not proposing things that would reduce the supply of vaccines available to Americans. The whole point is that it's not a zero-sum game in that way, and we're not making a serious effort. Like a year ago when you brought this up, some people would say, well, you know, if, if you change the, the IP, it's, you know, it's these factories take a long time. They take at least a year. Well, if you would if you'd start building them then, I mean, that, this pandemic could go on forever. You know, we need to establish a global infrastructure for manufacturing vaccines. Well, presum- presumably you could use the factories for the next vaccine that comes along. Then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, that assume would be an I assume he's interest. worried about the finite amount of PR you can. So if, if, the, if, 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 if you want him to make a fuss about this, that will crowd out the fuss he's making about dealing with the problem at home. So, uh, I, you know, it, it, it's a. He should do it. I'm not sure he should make a fuss about it, and I'm not sure. I, I uh, doubt the plan has the been. Billionaires is the most popular thing in the world. But. I doubt the plan has been rejected. A plan like this uh, for any reason in particular. I'll bet it hasn't been seriously floated in the administration. This is not. These people are not visionaries. Tony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, Ron, Ron Klain. Klain is not a visionary. <laughs> Amazing, huh. isn't? It? I, I'm sorry. I take that back. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I do think Bruce Reed is a pretty far-seeing person. I wonder what he's completely invisible in all this. It's bizarre. Email Supposedly him about he writes this. long strategy memos. Well, what's in them? Damn Email it. him this clip. Say, make Bob czar, vaccine czar. Uh-huh. Show him the ponytail clip. Like a new hip image for the administration. Hip vaccine czar. Incipient ponytail. Bruce will get that. Uh-huh. He'll get that right away. The, um, the shocking thing about Bruce Reed is actually he's a funny writer. When he was blogging at Slate, his blog was extremely funny. He does Pretty have funny. a good sense of humor. Certainly funnier than mine. You know how I know um, he has a good sense of humor? No. Because he once said something I wrote was funny and he was, he was right. Yeah. He has, he has the, he has the, um, somehow it's easier to write a good blog if you know what you think. Yeah. If you're wishy-washy like me, it, it like, Lends itself yeah, to wishy-washy. You're you spend, wishy-washy. You spend all your time wishing and washing as opposed to striking at the target. Um, I think you're selling yourself short. I am Mickey. wishy-washy, Bob. Wait, which of us is more wishy-washy? I think of myself as not uh, well. What I think of myself is is epistemically humble. Um, that's how I think of you too. When I'm not sexualizing you, Bob. Um, uh, you know, our audio listeners are really missing something right now. You got, uh, okay, uh, well, it's too uh, late. You brought the turtleneck uh, back I, down. Every time I do that, I disconnect the audio, damn it. Um, so are we through with the virus? I can't, hard to believe we're through with the virus. Oh, uh, well, what else has happened? Well, I will say, I'm predicting. Shortly after Labor Day, there will be a sigh of relief. I mean, have you seen how the numbers are dropping in Britain? Well, right. That's, that was that was the one thing. There's a light at the end of the tunnel here that's being de-emphasized, not emphasized enough, which is Britain is ahead of us. And they seem to be getting out of it, at least getting out of the Delta part, which is the the the, the deaths never really went up that much. And the numbers mm-hmm. are dropping. And my question, what I don't know, because I don't know very much about virology, is why are the numbers dropping? Do they only drop because you've reached herd immunity or does it get squashed by 
masking and various and, and social distancing and shutdowns. And so it disappears even before you reach herd immunity. I mean, I don't think anyone knows for sure. I mean, one thing is, of course, they take countermeasures. You always take count. You know, we're we're reimposing some masking requirements and and upping pressure to get vaccinated and so on. So so that's probably part of it. The other could be that you know they're 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 closer to herd immunity than than you might think between people who have been vaccinated and a lot of people have been vaccinated in Britain and people who have actually had the thing. Although, granted, again, we're we're starting to think maybe, uh, you know, a vax uh, doesn't doesn't prevent transmission as much as it has with 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 past variants. So I don't know. And, and, and And, you know, Britain's different from us, different vaccine profiles. So it may not be that we're that we get relief, uh, in, in a few weeks, well, in four or five weeks, but, but the, the one thing Biden hasn't done is he hasn't given people reason for hope, uh, with the light, that light at the end of the tunnel. And Scott Gottlieb, to his credit, I think has been all over TV trying to give that light at the end of the tunnel and pointing to Britain and saying he thinks, he thinks like in the fall, in the, in, in a few weeks in the, in the fall will peak in September will peak and start going down. Which would certainly be a huge relief. Uh, and yeah, you know, Biden, it's weird. Biden could say that, right? But the, the whole virus, the whole bureaucracy is so intent on preserving the air of infallibility. If they, that's how they got into this mess in the first place. If they just said, you know, we don't know a lot of things. Okay. Yes, we were wrong before. That was a mistake. We thought that the vax offered total protection. It offers a little less protection than we said. Uh, it's still a good deal because you're not going to die, but a little humility on their part without, without even, even in the recent thing, they, they do everything to pretend that, oh, well, it's a little worse than we said. No, it's, it's significantly worse than, than you said. Well, now they, they are should saying just that. admit it. Now they are. Aren't they? they they're hiding the data, but they're, see, they're, I- they're doing all sorts of things that, 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 that uh, bureaucrats were way too protective of their own reputation uh, uh, do. But as far as giving hope, they are in kind of a bind, which is that, you know, if there is this newly dangerous variant on the loose, they actually need to kind of scare people, right? I mean, they need to convince people that you need to start wearing masks and stuff. At least that is their honest belief that that is in order. And so... They, you know, if they say, well, it'll probably blow over in five weeks. Well, maybe the reason it blew no, over in Britain is because they took countermeasures. And well, so you do need to scare you say. people. You say if we take these measures, it will blow over. Britain, Britain lights the way. They took yeah, the well, countermeasures. Yeah, well, that's true. That's and, true. And, and they're, they're emerging look, from it. Look, I, I gotta say, I mean, I think part of the problem is just that Biden, uh, you know, you take away the teleprompter and you got a problem. Now, you know, you can, you can, you can put these lines in a teleprompter. But I do more and more think uh, we may have a problem here in a couple of years. Uh, does he? Does he? Does he um, use a teleprompter? Or does he read from notes? Oh no! I think some of his speeches definitely seem like teleprompter. He's uh, not looking down often enough, and 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 he's definitely you know it's definitely scripted. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, that leads uh, again, my friend John Ellis, who told us about the vax problem a week ago. Uh, he wrote a pretty good column about how the two, the dilemma of the Democratic Party is, it, it made three points. One, everybody knows Biden is fading and they're really worried about it. Two, 
everybody knows Kamala Harris isn't up to the job and they're really worried about it. Not, not only is she not up to doing the job if Biden is incapacitated, but she's a sitting duck if she actually is the candidate. That's my around. concern. I think she could and, probably muddle through as president, but I don't think she'd, I think she'd have trouble in an election. Well, if, uh, you know, if, if, if you, if you, the problem, you know, is Ron Klain still going to be president if Kamala Harris takes over? I'm not so sure. It might be her incompetent current staff. Um, are they incompetent? They're awful. You want to name names? Well, they're all, they're all reaction is, you know, criticism of Kamala is just sexism. Okay. And they, they've been talking, you know, Ellis goes into that or somebody went into it and they don't do any, they don't do any of the obvious things. Like Matty Glacius had a, had a whole Substack post about how these are the simple things that Kamala could do, uh, to make herself popular. Okay. One of the things she could do is say, for all its warts, you know, my parents' immigrants came to America because they realized it was the best country in the world, okay? An easy layup to make yourself popular. She'll never give that speech. She's not going to happen. Her mm-hmm. her staff is way too woke, and they should be pushing her in the opposite direction. So she's not going to do anything. any of the things that Iglesias says she should do. Uh, and the third thing is, there's a distinct possibility that Trump will win again and be the next president of the United States. Uh, and, and you, sh- you're walk, you're whistling past the graveyard if you think that's not possible. He's obviously running. He says he's running. People who, people who deny he's running are just yeah. in denial. He still has enough hold on the base. And, you know, if he's running against Kamala or a crippled Biden and he has all these woke issues to run on and he's, yeah. you know, scoring points right and left about Biden's screw ups, uh, and there's inflation, you have to throw in the, the, uh, Possibly. The ex- yeah. ex- possibility of inflation. You know, Trump is Grover Cleveland. And, oh, and you, I have mean, that's, that's, that. you have to face that. I have two concerns. One is that uh, Kamala could well lose an election to Trump. And the other is that she could lose an election to some Trump-like figure. I mean, my feeling about Trump is if he runs again, it would not be hard to find a Democratic candidate who would beat him. The problem is... Well, two problems. Even if you were starting fresh and, and, and Kamala weren't the favorite and the quasi incumbent, um, or maybe by then, that time, the literal incumbent, um, even then, if you're starting afresh, you'd still be, you know, subject to the primary system and, and which is just a, a shit show. I mean, I mean, anybody can emerge from that thing as, uh, what? And so, yeah, I'm worried. It'd be such an obvious opportunity for a smart person to run against Kamala. And I think they would win. I think that's the solution to the Democrats' Kamala problem is she'll lose in the primaries. Well, who who do you run against? Well, it might be an idiot. It might be, well, it might be a a Jimmy Carter or it might be a Jimmy Carter-like figure, some untested governor from out of nowhere, but he's not Kamala or she's not Kamala. So, you know, better a pig in the poke than than the uh well inadequate person that we know but how do you get a single get the momentum behind a single person anyway i mean presumably only one person would have, only one person would have the balls to do it that's no if one why that's no no i mean many you never know several people may but who is who is the actual person in the democratic party sherrod brown type figure well sherrod brown is the obvious one the um yeah, but the, he supposedly yeah. has ghosts in his closet, right? Yeah, really? the, the skeletons the, in the his point Ellis, The other point Ellis made is that there's no bench. So, uh, so yes, that's your, that's your problem. Gavin Newsom, how about him? Hey. Uh, 
I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I just get my Gavin Newsom vibes from you, and that's why I went. Eh, I don't know. I don't no, know anything he, about him at not, all. He's not a national candidate. He's he's so who he's, is? He's, uh, I don't know. I like the guy who was governor of of Montana, but he 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 ran for senate and lost. So that sort of puts a little an example of how, in him. principle, easy it would be to beat Trump is the following: like, you know. Chris Murphy is somebody I've always Wait, are thought. You, are you talking about beating Trump or beating Kamala? No, beating, beating Trump. If you could just pick the Democratic opponent. Oh, like, okay. Like, like there are people I've always thought just weren't good presidential candidate material, like Chris Murphy, whom I focused on because I, as senators go, I like his foreign policy. And uh, but I actually think you run a Chris Murphy against Trump. I think Trump loses. I don't think Americans are asking for much. I mean, really, uh, but. Well, that was certainly true in the last race. Uh, well, that is because there were uh, a couple of different kinds of doubts about Biden. One of them was Hunter and uh, and the other was Biden's brain. And uh, yet he won. There's there's one figure that's emerged as a unifying, competent force for good, Bob. Is that you? And she's a bisexual triathlete. Cinema? Yeah. She's kicking ass. I'd vote for her. Yeah, I would too. Uh, depending, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm, but I'm in I the mean, process over Trump. Of, I'm in the process of saying, you know, she's got to prove, she's got to screw up for me not to like her. Like I assume she she's. Endorse, she has to endorse a massive amnesty, then I'm off the boat. But uh, what is her view on immigration? She's what is been it? fairly conservative, certainly for a Democrat. In your sense of, con- I mean, not, yes. not in the, not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what about uh, presumably she's a blobster on foreign policy like the rest of them? I don't know. I, I don't know what her foreign policy is. That's a good question. That would be a good topic, Bob, for somebody's newsletter. Cinema's foreign to, policy trying to, to figure out, trying yeah. to discern. OK, I'll take that under advisement. Um, let's see what else. So. Oh, so like about Trump, like. Is the infra is the fact that seventeen I think Senate Republicans went along with the infrastructure bill? Is that not a kind of rebuke of Trump? Is that not a sign of weakening influence? It's a, I don't think people are making too much of that. I mean, he, you know, he lost a his candidates lost primaries all the time. There was that six foot seven guy in 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 uh, Alabama whose name I forget, uh, and you know Trump threw his weight behind him and he tanked. So you're talking uh, about the Texas, Texas thing, whoever the, right, the, the candidate the, the, with my last name lost and she was a Trump. Right. Speaker. And I think she was the widow of former speaker. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, was she? I think I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought she had some related to former. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Apparently she was a terrible candidate and she lost to a better candidate. And uh, and Trump didn't win every legislative vote. So, it you know, it doesn't. These senators who just won reelection aren't going to take their orders from Trump. And Trump is completely wrong. The, the the bipartisan infrastructure bill, I think, strengthens Republican hands, not and he was wrong to say it was a trap. So mm-hmm. uh uh hey, let the record show that I do not want Trump to be there our next president of the United States. I've sort of had it with him. So uh <laughs> I, but I would I don't understand what's so terrible about a Trump like figure. Who doesn't well, that's because cra- that's because you share Trump's ideology. Who, who doesn't have the craziness, right? But the, my my main problem with Trump is that he's insane. Correct. That is your main problem with him. 
You, you have a problem with Trump's foreign policy as opposed to the blob foreign policy? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I mean, uh, well, I wouldn't choose the blobs over his, but but his. Uh, well, what if he's running against a blobber, blobby person? Um, that'd be a close call. I mean, if it was Trump versus a blobby person, I'd probably go with the blobby person because Trump is just a disaster. Right, I mean, we're talking about a Trump like. Oh, then it gets then it gets to be kind of a close call. You you you've got the, in theory, military restraint that a Trumpster would have, but on the other hand. Uh, the, the, you, you don't have the interest in international governance, even in a fairly minimal sense. Um, you know, I mean, a true Trump, I mean, Trump, uh, you know, tried to, you know, like sabotage the World Trade Organization and, and he, and he reneged on the Iran deal. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how much of that's Trump, how much is Trumpism? But, uh, you know, he killed, uh, he, you know, he was bad for arms control, all of these things. It's not clear that they're not part of Trumpism because there is such a strong, uh, you know, unilateralist uh, theme in, in Trumpist foreign policy, policy uh, messaging. You know, he, he's he's very explicitly anti-global governance. So, so it's, it's not just a problem of bad execution in yeah. his foreign policy. He's he's lacking things, in my view. Uh, um, that was a good answer. But um, yeah. so, but we still need the we still need the Democratic non Kamala alternative. Well, that should be our job. I think we should bring that to America. Joe Manchin. Oh come on! <laughs> Why does nobody? Everybody knows he's just completely transactional, and uh, nobody he, says he's presidential he, timber. It's bizarre. I mean, he's just pissed off too many Democrats. I think, and uh, uh. I I don't know. We, we we can figure this out in in the parrot room or somewhere and announce the results to 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 a waiting um, public next week. Um, okay. Uh, what it, there was a development about uh, my favorite non-Trump Trumper. Who J.D. Vance? Correct. What did he do? Well, he gave his he gave his speech. Uh, he's a uh, dud. I've decided he's a fucking dud, man. Give up. Uh, that's a little early, Bob. The elections next year. Give up. He, he gave this speech where he embraced natalism, which is mm-hmm. okay. I mean, we can have an argument about that. I'm not. You're ambivalent about natalism. I know, but to the extent that the child, child tax credit encourages it, it's a bad thing in your view. No, the child tax credit for workers encourages natalism. I have no problem with that. It doesn't seem likely to have much effect, but so what? It's when the checks go to non-workers. And Vance has not endorsed which they, any. Which they would under the current version of it. No, which they would under the Biden's version. Yeah, and the, right. the thing that's in effect now that Biden wants to extend and make permanent. Right. Uh, but Vance hasn't endorsed that. He just he just endorsed uh, some sort of form no. of child tax credit. And he said he said nice things about Hawley's plan, which would only go to married people, not just wouldn't go to. Uh, wow. Uh, which is a smaller subset than just workers. Um, so. Uh, uh, I, I don't think Vance is guilty of that, but he did. He went on this rant about how too many on the left are childless are, of the leaders are childless people. And he got into an argument with Krugman, who I, uh, I assume that this was a attempt to like start a nice attention getting battle. He called Krug, when Krugman attacked him for his natalism, he called it, he called Krugman a cat lady. 
Uh, a cat lady? You didn't follow that? No. What is a cat, what is a cat lady a, in that context? A, a childless person who has cats instead of children. Ooh. Um, uh, so anyway, it was even I, I'm there's something to there's something to it. OK, there's something to the fact that if you have children, you have a connection to future generations and the future of the country that's visceral that maybe you don't have uh uh, if you don't have children, okay, it's like dating black people, okay. If if you... <laughs> that was not the comparison that sprung to mind. No, Why but people say, well, I can be, I can be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm woke on race, you know. I, 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 you know. But if you actually are dating a black person, you look at black people differently. I'm sorry, it's true. Uh, you, you, you see a, you know, an old lady, and you say, old, old black lady, and you say. That could be my mother-in-law. You just look at them differently, okay? Well, there's so all it, kinds of relationships you could have with black people that would make you look at them differently. You could right. be on, their, all sorts on of, their athletic team. Right. There's all all sorts of, there are all sorts of things that could make you care about the future of a country aside okay. from having children. So he ignores those. But he made a proposal, which I assumed was sort of a joke proposal, mm-hmm. which, which is that people should get, be given votes on the basis of the number of children they have. Mm-hmm. And the children don't get the vote. The parent gets to vote for the child. So if you had two minor children, which you don't anymore, but if you did, you would have three votes. Bob plus his two daughters. I'm for that. And I, I would only get one vote. And it seems to me, and, and then I went and, and read, then I went and, and read his text. I haven't looked at it, but I, I read the text. You read it without looking at it? Oh, you haven't seen him. I read the text. I haven't seen the video. He's deadly serious about it. It's not a joke. It's not. It's not like a. That's a radical uh, proposal. uh, Well, maybe he's thought of. Maybe he's done the the polling, the the internal polling, or something. It's hard to believe. I think he sincerely believes it. And the problem I have with it is, is it you know I'm for social equality, and his whole thing is you know people people uh in in Appalachia who who you know the who Mm -hmm. uh are made to feel like second-class citizens just because they have concerns about immigration and trade, okay? He, he's not making childless people feel like second, second-class second citizens. He is literally making them second-class citizens. They go to the poll, and they have less votes than the first-class citizens who have children. And that's just insane. Yeah, I I'm mean, sorry. it's especially absurd when you start thinking about people who would like to have children, but for physical reasons or whatever can't. Well, not he, to mention, he, he, I mean, not to mention... Uh, gay people, of course, everyone can adopt in principle, but that's not a trivial thing. He talks about those people. Thing. He says, well, let's put them to- aside, okay? We'll give them like, a half yes. a child. But we'll would there be a, buro- a child each Would there them. be a bureaucracy that determined, well, you're incapable of having children, so we'll give you a vote and a half? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, anyway, it's, um, it's, it is it's a nutty, step but... too far. It's a step too far. Yeah. I mean, so I just ahead. think he's a dud. It's like it, he doesn't look n- the part. First of all, have you seen finish, him without his beard? Finish that thought. It, 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 it's uh, what the, the, the it idea. Is, it is not a but. What was coming after the but? Well, it's like if you're in his position, which is last time I heard about a poll involving him in this gubernatorial race, he was at six percent. Okay, so if right. this well, is an idea, an old old poll taken by his opponent months ago. Well, anyway, it's like. I could see this 
conceivably appealing. There's a lot of people with kids. I can see this conceivably appealing, you know, in a kind of visceral way, but because the, 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 they, they'd be like, yeah, that's right. The current system is not taking into account the future I want for my kids. I should be able to vote for that future. I mean, I can see this appealing. Well, that, he, he could, he, th- I, I have no problem with that appeal. That's the appeal he makes all the time. We no, want no, 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 but I mean, America that has a better future for our kids. That are these people saying, damn it, and I should get three votes? Yes, that's what I'm suggesting is that a number of voters in Ohio might well react that way and get his numbers up to where he's like a, well, a serious a, candidate. A, there are a lot of childless voters too. Okay, so he's saying, fuck you, childless voters. Well, B, clearly. B, the whole principle of natalism is that there are not enough people who have children. So basing your campaign on the opposite of your philosophy. Yeah, but it, in, it incentivizes childbearing. But they, but he wants, he wants voters, okay? Childbearing becomes a power play. But he, he wants voters, and it's, if, if what you believe is that they're not enough voters with children, Basing your campaign on voters with children seems misguided. When is the election? When is the I'm just wondering, is it, it, is it more than it, nine months away? Because what you could get right is these people responding to the incentives he's laying out. It's sometime the like, child. It's sometime like in May. <laughs> there you go. We have the J.D. Vance uh, birth surge, fertility surge in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be very powerful if a candidate at six percent in the polls can cause a demographic The guy's a genius. Shift. But I will say, you know. I, you know, I don't he, think he's a dud. I think, I think he's, he's the I mean, like, I saw, when I first started paying attention to him, like he, it was in the current phase where he has his beard and I thought, you know, there's just something about him that doesn't look like he's going to win an election. Then I saw a picture of him without the beard. That guy definitely ain't winning an election. He just looks like a, like a pudgy guy. Have Nothing seen, wrong with you, that. It's just that seen, it's harder to win an election. Have you seen a role of a tableau of the United States senators? There are a lot of pudgy guys there. No, but not pudgy in the same way. He he seems inherently pudgy. These guys seem like they should have they should eat less. The pudgy guys you're talking about. And look, pudgy. He, I just he, want to say, pudgy is fine. Some of my best friends. He he, he has a pudgy face. So even if he had a a totally right. ripped body, exactly, he'd have a slightly pudgy face. Uh, exactly. But, um, but and, and, he looks and, good in the beard. He talks extremely he well. He doesn't look great in the beard. He looks fine in a beard. And it looks good enough in a beard. And, uh, and he talks extremely well. There was a hit piece in Politico saying that nobody in Ohio had ever seen him, uh, heard of him. Well, he, the guy interviewed like 20 people over the course of a month. And the one guy he picked who went to the Vance speech said it was the best speech I've ever heard. So that, that fact was buried. I say enjoy uh, him while you got him. Cause within a year, he's going to be history and will never return. Um, I wonder, given that uh, Peter Thiel funded his uh, the nefarious the independent pack, Peter Thiel. I don't think he's a nefarious, but you have to wonder if Peter Thiel is on board with this full natalism shtick too. Um, not oh, that he- Pe- I think I think that the answer is no. That Peter Thiel is not giving him orders, but I'd be interested. I'd be curious. Hmm. Good question. Uh, uh, the Peter Thiel anyway, was drawn I, to crazy ideas. I think he'd probably like yeah. it. The the idea no the 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 I, don't, I doubt it. The, the I mean, it's not like Vance doesn't have a platform to run on. He has trade, immigration, all the woke issues. Uh, he you know he 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 doesn't need, and we're gonna fuck the childless. Okay, <laughs> that's like the cherry on top. 
Okay, all he has to do but is... you got to admit, it's a good bumper guy, sticker. The smartest guy in the room advocating that the Trumpian issues on behalf of the people who have been voiceless, and he wins. Okay? So, I don't know. I can see that bumper he has, sticker. He has months and months J.D. To... Vance, fuck the childless. <laughs> um, anyway, I... That's my one critique. I'm still on board, but... But he is... Your, your support is imperiled, and he should know it. You should email him. I would, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would put the fuck the childless issue, um, uh, in the, in the, um, on the back burner until he wins office. Then he can. It should be a surprise <laughs> that he's going to fuck the childless. It should, uh, I'm not sure it would pass constitutional muster. Uh, it's possible that it would have constitutional problems. One man, one that. vote, except, uh, if you have a one-year-old child. Yeah. Uh, um, um, so let's see what else. Now, did you, did you watch any of the January 6th hearings? No, I mean, this was, this was the giving, giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. This was the show aspect, the, the, the messaging PR aspect. Uh, I'm hoping that they will actually get down to the investigating part of it where they get all Trump's emails and all Trump's texts and everybody who's called Trump and, you know, and everybody who talked to the people who were violent and find out how Trump was involved. I have a feeling they don't want to do that because they were going to discover that Trump wasn't that involved. So it's going to be like Russia all over again. Uh, but, uh, so I'm, I, I have no faith in this, uh, in this commission, but that's what they should be doing. And that's what they say they're going to be doing. So, so you know, how but long is it going to go on? Do I think policemen were roughed up? Yes. Do I think it was violent? Yes. A, a, a portion of the crowd was very violent, and that's how they got in uh, into the Capitol. And and uh, do I think that people in the Capitol were legitimately traumatized in a way that it's hard for people who weren't in the Capitol uh, to 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 identify with? Yes. And do I think that's a lot of the motivation behind this? Yes. So that's what I think of it. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it if the media doesn't cover it, it it's not going to have a big impact unless they come up with something. Uh, and NPR will certainly cover it. NPR is now the January 6th network around the clock. But uh, I don't know about other people. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, in a way, the news doesn't matter much anymore. The way it gets channeled through the different media ecosystems so that everyone's pre-existing narrative gets reinforced. So uh, why, uh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. I, I, Let's just dispense with the news altogether. It's it's no longer has any impact on events. Well, uh, the lines are that, drawn. Let's just have it out. Well, that's it. That, well, that's interesting. I was um, there was there was there's a new version of Gawker. Yeah, yeah, uh, I which, saw a reference to that, which I was gonna I was actually gonna talk about in the parrot room. This is like me saying, unlike. You, usually you're the guy that says talk about it in the parrot room. But the, the one thing that's relevant is I was thinking, well, you, Gawker would be valuable because they could tell us who's up and who's down at the New York Times. And I still think the New York Times still matters. It's not just preaching to the converted, much as they mm-hmm. try. Uh, it matters who is the, uh, editor in chief of the New York Times and what the culture is. And if it's run by, you know, uh, the slack, their woke slack, or if it's run by an actual editor. Because uh, I still think it affects what happens in the country, not just what happens on the left. Do you disagree? It still matters. It doesn't matter in all the ways it used to matter. Uh, it, it used to matter because it set the set the agenda for the network news. 
and the network news probably doesn't matter. Well, also, I mean, it used to be like if you had an op-ed in the New York Times, I mean, first of all, there weren't many of those. It was just they had to fit into it one physical page every day. You could be pretty much assured that everyone you knew kind of in the business had seen it, right? I mean, and and I mean, similarly, like the New York Times book review used to be so important for books. Like if you're if you got a prominent review in the New York Times book review, Everybody was aware of it. If you were on the bestsellers list, everybody was aware of it. And and it's just like it's not like that anymore because no, there isn't this physical product that gets delivered every Sunday uh, that you have that there are a few alternatives it's, to. Right. It's weird. I, I wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about 30 years ago and I got a call from I got a, a call from an ex-girlfriend and I thought who I hadn't talked to in years. I thought, God, this thing has reach. And then I wrote another one 10 years later, and I got a call from the same ex-girlfriend. <laughs> no, it has no reach at all. It just reaches this one person who responds. But um, it it, has uh, reach. Uh, you're right. Uh, but I think that an op-ed in the New York Times still has reach, especially if it causes controversy. And oh, they can. They can, they can take it on off. Twitter and, you know. They can absolutely take off. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way better average platform to be on. Uh, better than average platform, but it's not, it's not, no one thing is what it was. Uh, so wait, I, just to get clear on something, I asked you whether, uh, the infrastructure vote was a rebuke of Trump, and I think you pretty quickly got off on that Texas race. Did I miss your verdict on whether? No, I, I just don't think it's such a rebuke on Trump, a rebuke of Trump that they voted against him on this bill, and, and, uh, he, he's so clearly just, uh, you know, off on his own shtick that the, you know, senators can vote against him. So what? That, does, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a hold. But he on came the, out on the against it in election. a way that was designed to intimidate senators, wasn't it? I, who the hell knows? He's he's attacking the people who voted against him. But the question is, does that will he wise up and realize that there are limits to his ability? Uh, I think so. And will he will he lose his hold on the Republican primary electorate? I hope so, but uh, I don't think it means that. Okay. The, the Senate isn't the Republican primary. Now, the, does does this mean the bill will probably pass? Well, the, the interesting thing is, uh, you would think the bill would probably pass. Yes. The interesting thing, there's some details about the bill that are sort of interesting, like parts of it get rid of the Davis Bacon Act, which was sets government setting wages. You can talk about that if you want, but the interesting thing is what Cinema did as she was sort of at her celebratory moment which is she said she was not going to vote for the full 3.5 million Democrats only bill. Uh-huh. So she's got, and, and AOC and the squad immediately went berserk and said, uh, well, if you don't vote for our 3.5 bill, we're going to tank your bipartisan infrastructure bill. Okay. So it looked like we were having what used to be called a Mexican standoff, which is like each side has the ability to kill the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so AOC can kill her bill and she can kill AOC's bill, uh, and what happens then. But then Sean Tran pointed out, no, she doesn't, AOC does not have the ability to kill Cinema's bill because Cinema's bill is not a Democrats only bill. If AOC and her 12 votes defect, that just means that Cinema, the 12 Republican votes have to be added to the Democrats total and Cinema's bill still passes. So, AOC in this shootout is at a at a at a disadvantage, and then other people said, "Well, 
well, no, because the Republicans really uh, aren't going to vote for, you know, um, I forget. There was some argument that, that uh, you know, well, that, uh, that, um, that well, no, the Republicans aren't going to, in the House, the, the Republicans aren't going to vote for the bipartisan bill. I don't believe it. So um, I, I, I think Sean Tran sort of, had it right, which is AOC is at a huge disadvantage versus cinema, and cinema wins. Well, Nancy bill, Pelosi could, bill, but, could make that bill, threat, but it was right? Smaller. Nancy Pelosi could make that threat and make it. Do you think Pelosi can get away with? I'm just asking. If her bill isn't going to pass, if if the bipartisan bill is going to pass, how can she like avoid voting on it? She can. Well, she can. She she could keep it from coming to the floor, couldn't she? She could, but I think as a PR matter, that's unsustainable. Yeah. I think she has to have a vote on her bill, and her bill will pass. And the question is, you know, what's in her bill? So you think and we'll think wind up with bill, the- What's in her bill has to satisfy cinema. That's the, that's the- So you think we'll wind up with the bipartisan hard infrastructure bill, but quite possibly not the soft infrastructure, which no, would I please some, you because it contains some, the child tax credit. I think some bill will pass, and the question is what's in it. And the question is, what does cinema want them to throw overboard? And what okay. do others want to throw overboard? You're hoping what child do, tax credit. What do moderate Democrats want to throw overboard? And I'm hoping the child tax credit, the refundable part of the child tax credit gets thrown overboard. And there was a horrible poll for the Democrats on this very issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked, uh, would, uh, would you want the child tax credit made permanent? This is after they sort of softened them up, you know, with, are you aware of this child tax credit? Do you know anybody who gets the child tax credit? Uh, don't you want this child tax credit to be permanent? And it was like 53 to 39 said, mm-hmm. no, we don't. Okay, that's a terrible poll. And, you know, people like Iglesias were apoplectic and sort of said, well, they didn't ask if it's just an extension for a few years. Maybe that would do better. Uh, maybe it would, but uh, that's not a good poll. And if I were a moderate Democrat, I would reconsider my support for the refundable child tax credit. So you I mean, should lobby, run against you. You should lobby cinema about this child tax credit. You should be in constant contact with her. How do you the, know uh, not? Good question. Does she like I'm, the turtleneck? Does she, she said anything about the I'm turtleneck? Well, the, I think it's a turtleneck, but it'd have to have bare arms. I think uh, it could get her attention, that turtleneck, possibly think, not in a good way, but it would get her attention. I think if I showed my guns, that would help. <laughs> yeah. But um, like Paul Ryan. But, does um, Paul Ryan have, uh, does he have guns? Is he ripped? You bet. He, he had a famous, horrible set of photos where he's wearing a backward baseball cap. And uh, he's sitting on like a bench press. Yeah, yeah. In, in like a tank top showing off his guns. Um, What did you say that sounded like Siri? Because Siri just piped in or up. I know she did. I'm. I, I I'll try not to mention her. Yeah, oh. that's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Siri. Shut up. You, you use the word again, Mickey. Don't do that. <laughs> just say thank you. Don't say thank you. Now the question is: Do I have the power to invoke her, Siri? Oh no, you're wearing earbuds. That won't work. Uh, Wait, there she is. Who knows? Maybe she's plugged into your earbuds. How um, do you get her to shut up? Uh, you turn I've off never the machine. Dealt with her. 
Turn off the machine. Um, I have to find the machine to talk to the machine. So we've been talking a little more than an hour. We should uh, wrap it up soon. The, um, I have an Elon Musk question, though. Okay, by the way, Biden's poll numbers are starting to go down. I saw Seriously. that. I saw that. You're, you're, people are rejoicing in your circles. They're, they're still above 50, well, no, right? He's still, he's still above water. Not in some polls. Uh, really? He's 49, but he's Uh-oh. above water because the opposition is 40. He's like six points ahead in the R- RCP average, which is better than Trump any ever did. And a lot of his erosion is among Democrats who think he hasn't done enough pro-Democrat. But a lot of his erosion is also in independence. Yeah. Uh, and that's the scary part for him. Um, go ahead. You don't want to talk about the Davis-Bacon Act. Oh, you had a question. Um, I did have a question. Uh, did I have a question? Oh, oh, I was just going to say something quick about maybe it's not worth it. So, the, but but this guy Trevor Milton, who is the founder of Nikola, N I K O L A, which makes or supposedly was going to make electric trucks was charged right. with, with like fraud for saying a bunch of shit that wasn't true. My question is, does that only catch up with you legally if like your stock drops so people are at can claim damage by virtue of your having said shit that isn't true? Because Elon Musk says crazy shit all the time. Like Elon no, Musk but they they've charged him criminally. I mean they haven't they're not waiting for his stock to drop. Well his stock did drop though. And I think that's yeah, part of well. the charge. He there are people who were hurt by his fraud. Now, right? I, I, I'm sure I'm sure he's on a totally different level from Elon Musk, but Elon Musk is always making promises, predictions about what Tesla is going to bring out that just aren't everyone knows are not true. This happens all the time in the car business. Wasn't there? There was a fame. They, 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 they made a movie starring Jeff Bridges about the most famous guy. Was it the Kaiser? Was he at um, the the uh, hut? No, it wasn't the Hudson yeah, proxy. H- Hudson, was it? I think. I, I don't know. There's was some guy. It was, who had it a, was fictionalized, right? It was fictionalized, but that guy was prosecuted, I think, and it destroyed his company. So he was the Nikola of the internal combustion engine. Uh, uh, and I, you know, and this guy, this guy Fisker, you know, I'm not saying he's guilty of anything, but the, the, the Fisker electric car, everybody sort of knew that that, that, that was more vaporware than the Tesla. And if you're an investor and you and you invest in Fisker, you know, isn't that really on you? I don't know. You could say Elon Musk a bullshitter, uh, but you, you could say that about all these bullshit. I don't know. You could say that about all these SEC regulations there, designed to protect the little guy. There, there must be something, but it seems weird. I mean, this is an area where you fake it till you make it. So Tesla is now a huge success, yet Elon Musk was full of shit, as you said. So if they prosecuted Elon Musk, we wouldn't have Tesla. Let the let the fakers okay. try to make it. But he still ke- he keeps saying crazy shit. I mean, he said I forget what he said it happened by the end of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. But he said, okay, we'll have full. They'll be fully self driving to the point where you can buy one, and when you're not using it, you can just rent it out as an autonomous vehicle. Just rent it to somebody who will sit there, not have to drive it. It'll take them wherever they want. Everybody's going. This is totally bullshit. What are you talking about? Of course, it didn't happen. And the version that he was talking about finally came out in beta like this week. And it's nothing like what he was talking about. It's not an autonomous vehicle. He's full of shit. But I think Musk has made also predictions about autonomous vehicles that haven't panned out. And that is Musk. That's what I'm talking about. This is oh, what this I'm talking is about. Oh, this oh, is Musk. I thought you were talking about the Nikola guy. That's what I'm saying is, is it like this is okay as long as the stock keeps rising so nobody's hurt? Ostensibly, although you can find the people who sold him shorter hurt, but uh, I, agree, I agree that there's. It seems like there's a double standard. 
weird. So um, we should you talk have to about fake it until you make it. Then once you've made it, you can fake it again. <laughs> that's a phase. I'm waiting for the first phase of that. Um, so we should, uh, I think, wrap it up. Okay, maybe we can talk about the Davis Bacon Act in the paradigm. That you talk about your bonus content, boy. Davis Bacon. That brings him in. Yep. So uh, what else? Uh, now, first of all, can I say uh, I am hiring? I would like to hire uh, somebody. And if you want to look at the, this is for not both the non-zero newsletter and podcast related stuff, audio, video, podcasts, uh, and helping to, you know, promote them, find viral nuggets, things like that. Turn this into a huge and, uh, impactful operation. Not that it isn't both of those things already. I certainly didn't mean to suggest that anyway. Anybody's interested, the, 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 the place to find the job description is nonzero.org slash post, P-O-S-T slash job, nonzero.org slash post slash job. Obviously, what you need to do is turn blogging heads into a metaverse where people we, can we can talk about the metaverse. Yeah. Actually interact with Glenn Lowry and, and eat the parrot and do all sorts of things like that. Uh, metaverse is the Mark Zuckerberg, uh, meme, right? He, 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 Started yapping about it in an interview with uh, Casey Newton, I believe. Yeah, it didn't. He didn't invent the term. That he's no, but he. But but, but I haven't listened to this interview yet. But uh, yeah. supposedly, but but I think Casey Newton wrote about it somewhere. We can talk and about it. We, we can, can talk, talk about, about them. You can always talk about the metaverse. I Everybody have, talks about it. Nobody makes it happen. It's like the I weather. Have other, I have other paradigm topics. Want to hear them? What, what are they? Uh, Gawker. I have a theory of Gawker. Good. Uh, Van Jones getting a hundred million. Do we talk about that last week? Getting a hundred million dollars from Jeff Bezos. We uh, alluded to, to it, but maybe you have new findings. No, I don't have new findings, but, um, uh, uh, we have, why did David Remnick believe John Land, what John Landau says about Bruce Springsteen and Mickey's, uh, I noticed Bruce you tweeted about that. His, Mickey's history of Bruce Springsteen with, and John Landau. John Landau um, is the person who wrote I've Seen the Future of Rock and Roll, and his name is right, Bruce. He's now Bruce Springsteen's manager. That happened not that long after him making that judgment as a journalist, as I recall. Is that right? Right. But he, he, he others, had, others had made the judgment earlier, Bob. Okay, well, we'll and get into all this. lost to history. Uh, John have, Landau. We should, we should have uh, Chris Caldwell had an op-ed in the New York Times. Is that a tryout for a permanent slot? Who should be the new permanent New York Times columnist uh, now that that horrible woke woman is leaving for Howard University? Um, how woke How woke were the Olympics? Everybody's calling them uh, the woke Olympics. But aside from Megan Rapinoe and the soccer team, how, was it really that woke? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, writing this down. How woke were the Olympics? Are and, the Olympics? They're going on. How woke are the Olympics? And sexism in trees, that was an issue. That's become an issue. That's never far from my mind. Sexism and tree sexism and trees or sexism in trees? In like, trees. like people climb trees and, and, and event no, sexism like while in the tree. Male tre- people planting too many male trees and not oh. enough female trees. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, it's so, like the China one child policy that applied to trees. 
And then what do I have that I want to – well, one thing I want to get you to do, you know, Jackie Mason died. And I think in the pair room, you should tell us the joke that you personally told to Jackie Mason. You mentioned it in Twitter. You didn't tell us what the joke was. If you want, you can tell us now. It's up to you. All I can tell you now is that you won't think it's that funny. I'll tell it. I'll tell you in the pair room. Okay. Let's um, – let's, uh, so hey, Gawker. Don't worry. Don't worry, regular non-pair room customers. You're not missing anything. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we would not be so cheap as the lure you into the parrot room on a false promise. Um, the, uh, I want to talk about the, uh, there's an open source report of unclear, I guess, credibility so far in my investigations, at least, uh, indicating that one of the two most politically momentous uh, chemical weapons attacks in the Syrian civil war was actually a false flag attack attributed to the Syrian regime. This is the one that came after Obama's red line right? and, and everything ensued. And it ultimately led to Syria giving up a bunch of chemical weapons and joining the chemical weapons convention. But uh, a bunch of people died and, 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 and I don't know what the actual story is, but uh, I want to talk about, that and how hard it is to get to the bottom of things. I mean, there's already reason to ask questions about the other, another very politically momentous chemical weapons attack, the one that did lead Trump to bomb Syria. Uh, that's, Wait, there too? I thought, because I thought we've talked about this before. No, we have not talked about this one. Okay. This is Gouda. That one was Duma. The Trump okay. one is Duma. The Obama one is Gouda. Uh, they're both on the outskirts of Damascus, I think. But, um, I want to get into that a little. Uh, I mean, if people are curious about it, they can uh, listen to Aaron Maté's uh, last uh, podcast. Uh, the podcast is called Pushback, uh, sure. and and that will lead you to the online report. It's it's kind of interesting, just as a detective story, the 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 the, the kind of evidence they deduce and so on. But there was an uh, op-ed I sent you from the Washington Post. Oh God, saying, by Josh Rogan, and you said. It seemed a little blobby to me. That's what he said in the email. And that's, I would call it a charitable characterization of Josh Rogan. I mean, I mean, he's, you know, he's pretty close to neocon. The way you knew for sure that Michael Bloomberg had, uh, wanted the Iran deal not to happen. This is before it originally happened was when, uh, at the same time, Josh Rogan and Eli Lake were hired by Bloomberg, uh, then Bloomberg view, now Bloomberg opinion. Um, the, uh, Although Eli alike, you know, I don't, and I don't know Josh Rogan, so I can't say anything about him as a and human being. And this is in the Washington Post. I know Josh it was. Rogan, yeah, no, no, he's, he is now left Bloomberg. Eli is still Bloomberg. Okay. I, I had a, a recent podcast uh, debate kind of with Eli that I commend to people in the last couple you know, of weeks. Do you know what Eli's rap name is? Oh, shit. Somebody told me once. The idea of Eli Lake rapping is so funny. I mean, is, is, does that exist on video somewhere? Hard, yeah, one would want to see it, wouldn't one? Wouldn't one. Yeah, one I know would he pay. does it. I know hey, he raps. Hey, do you think we could get him to do it in the parrot room? That's killer <laughs> shit, man. He's already been on Blogging Heads, We can I retire believe. on the proceeds of Eli he, Lake as bonus content he, rapper. He did a Blogging Heads where he was like wearing a helmet to protect him from airstrikes in he was Iraq, Iraq, I believe. Yeah, um, That was a great moment in Blogging Heads history. That was a yeah. long time ago. I like Eli Lake, too, but... Uh, uh, his rap name is Vitamin E. That's not bad. Maybe the rap itself is good. He may be great. He should be forced to do it. Parrot room. <laughs> not this time, folks. But if you sign up early, you'll... What? I don't know. But if you sign up early, you'll be able to see it if it ever does happen. 
Which it won't. So is there any? So anyway, the way to join the Parrot Room is at patreon.com slash Parrot Room. Um, and you and I are now going to turn to the uh, the momentous and uh, and whatever task of recording the Parrot Room. Are we not? Oh, oh, Ivermectin. Quick, quick, public service announcement. Uh, a few weeks ago, I tried to go through the ivermectin evidence. Brett Weinstein was pumping it, you know, as both a, a, a therapy for COVID and a prophylactic, as they say. Um, and I said, you know, this one meta-analysis uh, made it look not bad. And even the other ones didn't make it look that terrible. Well, one of the most important studies in the meta-analyses, important because of how dramatic its effects seem to be, so it weighed very heavily in the meta-analyses. Uh, it's now been a couple of weeks. It had to be withdrawn and, 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 and quite possibly was actually fraudulent. So the evidence, the needle on the evidence is moving away from Brett Weinstein on the ivermectin. I'm still technically agnostic, but it hasn't been a good couple of weeks for him. That's, I thought I should say that. Meta-analysis. And I just wanted to hear the parrot say meta-analysis. Sounds better coming from him. Or is it a her? Do we know? Uh, we, I think we've looked. <laughs> we, <laughs> we weren't sure. We, it's sort of... Uh, All we saw is batteries not included. It's very I, unisexual, Bob. Yep. Okay. So we will uh, see you in the parrot room. See ya. Ah!